Well, we all know what the biggest game of the week in the Pac-12 is, right? It's Utah and USC in Salt Lake City. The Utes are perhaps a surprising favorite to some. I am not in that category because I think the Utes give USC their first loss of the year. Let's go. We're locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thank you for making Locked On Pack 12 your first listen or your first view of the day if you're watching on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions, which is why, if you haven't already, please like, comment, subscribe wherever you are listening to or watching this show. Five star views on Apple Podcasts help as well. Or if you think it's four star, that's all right. I'd be fine being a four or five star prospect coming out of high school. So I'll take that here as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. A couple Pac-12 teams have had some stumbles this year, who, who I've been high on at various points, and I, I haven't sold my stock in a number of those particular areas. And Utah is one of them. But I wonder if the man joining me today, Mark Colkin, host of Locked On USC Trojans, and you can see from his hat, does work for On Three as well. Plenty of great stuff happening over there. I wonder if you're feeling the same way, Mark, but it's great to have you on the show. And we've been, you know, circling this game on our calendars really for months. And it is unfortunate that Utah's got two losses, but I still contend this sets up to be a really entertaining football game. Yeah, no, look, Utah is going to be an an angry bunch of bees. They, they are the, the, the bee state, right? Whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the Triple A team that's in that's in Salt Lake City. Steve Klauke does their their play by play, and they're the Salt Lake Bees, Triple A affiliate of of the Angels. Very, very good. Mark is our Pac-12 historian, if you didn't know. It with with age comes knowledge, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is. But um, yeah, you know what? I was shocked when I saw. I didn't get to watch the whole game, but the parts of that Utah UCLA game that I did watch, um. My jaw was kind of just hanging there going, that's UCLA that's making a Utah defense look really, really bad. And, you know, historically, Utah has had their way with UCLA. They've out-physicaled them, um, pretty much done what they wanted. It was a complete opposite. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, yeah, Utah was on the road, and they don't play as well on the road as they do at home. But I think USC has better talent on offense than UCLA does across the board. And Utah's going to be upset. They've got two losses. Their season is on the line. But if they fall behind, I don't know how much fight they're going to have left in them after halftime. I, I think that's where it comes down to, especially if you everyone's been keeping track of USC's defense once the heck, second half of the game starts. So I'm with you that if Utah gets down, they, they start to feel that pressure intensify I would be more concerned about that from an outsider's perspective if it were on the road because that home crowd in Salt Lake City they're they're not bailing on this team they're still going to fight because you Utah still has a lot of things to play for a Pac-12 championship getting back to the Rose Bowl and ultimately 
you know, Utes fans hope winning the Rose Bowl. All of that is still attainable. But when I was watching that UCLA-Utah game, Mark, I thought UCLA was going to win. And I thought that coming into the year, I thought that last week. Because what the what the Bruins have done that's different from their matchups with Utah in years prior is, number one, they have a more experienced quarterback who's not a turnover machine, who's healthy, was not healthy in the game in Salt Lake City a year ago, so they had uh, virtually no chance. But number two, UCLA has become a physical team that I think played up to Utah's level. Like, did Utah play their best football? No, but I felt like UCLA was just playing their best brand of football. And rather than the Utes coming down to where UCLA was, I feel like UCLA has come up. I, I still feel confident in Utah. I still think that team can win the Pac-12. Utah, look, it's not that they were just out physical. I, I can look past that because of what UCLA brought in through the transfer portal. You brought up a fifth-year quarterback in DTR. Uh, Zach Charbonnet runs angry. God, he's good. Yeah, but it was in the passing game. And that's what was just so jaw-dropping for me to see wide receivers not just open, wide open. Um, and I'm talking all over the field, middle, seam, sideline. Uh, Chip Kelly is an offensive genius. Uh, Lincoln Lincoln Riley, though, is also one of those offensive geniuses. He's going to expose that. And again, you can't just defend USC one way now. Um, in the past, you were able to. They've got a running game. Um, Travis Dye is a workhorse. Yep. And you, you, you're familiar with him. But it's 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 the sum of the parts. It's having a Jordan Addison. It's having a Mario Williams. It's having a Troy die. Oh, and you have a Caleb Williams who just brings a whole new dynamic than what defensive, what defenses have had to contend with, with USC in the past. Um, I don't know if Utah has that defense this year. They lost a lot of parts. And I guess that's the point I'm trying to make uh, that was really exposed last week against UCLA. There's no more Devin Lloyd and they're getting run on. Um, and USC can run the ball. I, I just don't know if Kyle Whittingham likes to put his his cornerbacks on an island. We saw what happened a couple of years ago when Matt Fink came in and and burned him. This is a different this is a different animal right now. I again, why they're favored? I get it. It's at home. I'm just not sure they match up well this year. So I, I'm with you that the pass defense is, is an area of, of concern. The reason I still have confidence in that Utes defense, and you know maybe I'll, I'll have to take my words back a, after Saturday, but typically what I've found is it's easier to play offense on the road than it is to play defense on the road compared to at home because the defense is feeding off that energy in a big, big way. And yes, USC's defense had Oregon State's offense you know, kind of starting to, to stumble and be turnover prone. But what UCLA showed, or what USC, Utah, third time's a charm. Um, there's too many U's in this conference anyway. Yes, there what, are. <laughs> what Utah showed in that game against Oregon State, and obviously USC's got a better offense than than Oregon State does, even when Chance Nolan is, is healthier. The weapons are better, play callers better, all, all that sort of stuff. But that's more what I expect to see from them on a weekly basis 
And one thing here is, and, and that I want to ask you about, Mark, Utah's offense at Oregon State this year against a team that has a solid defense, but certainly not the best front seven in the conference. I think their secondary is is certainly the strength uh, of that particular unit. USC's offense away from home has been a little different from what it has been at home this year. And you're going to a place in Salt Lake City where, where teams just don't win very often. I mean, go go look at the numbers. They're like 23-2 and two in the last yeah. 25 games there. It is a really tough place to win. And I would feel more confident in USC maybe next year going to Salt Lake City. But this season, what I've seen, they haven't quite shown it on the road yet. Maybe this is the week it all pops, but I think that that Utah having this game at home is even more important in the broader context of the game than a regular home field advantage. No, it, it, you know, you you said it. This is Utah's season. They know it. They can't afford another loss um, because there's a very really good really good chance that you know if USC leaves Salt Lake City seven and zero. Uh, and you look at the rest of their schedule, um, George Klyovkov might be having to hand that trophy off to one of the schools in L.A. that aren't going to be a part of this conference for much longer. So You know he doesn't want to do that. No, he doesn't. So, again, I, I, I said it. Utah's going to come out with their hair on fire. This is this is their season. Uh, Caleb Williams, he has, a, in, in my opinion, he has a lot to prove right now. Uh, not just because he hasn't he didn't perform well at Oregon State, uh, but because he he hasn't really performed well at home these last two games either. Um, there's there's just something that's off. I don't know if he's if he's competing too hard, if that makes sense, where he's just trying to get that big play every snap rather than just kind of just taking what's there and waiting or waiting for the big play to happen organically, but. Utah's not a place where you want to go in there without all of your confidence, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I'm not trying to point fingers, but when I'm watching Caleb Williams play, I ex I don't I expect more than 52% completion rate. And that's what he had last week at home against Washington State. Now, granted, the Cougars have a very good defense. They fly. They, they're they fast, Mark. They look really fast. For a school that doesn't have a lot of recruiting prowess, I watch Washington State play and I go, that's a fast front seven. No, they, they really are. And he they created some pressure. They You know, they forced him out of the pocket. But two examples are uh, Caleb ran to the sideline looking to extend the play, but rather than throwing the ball out of bounds, you know, he – Gave them the team sack, so to speak, by running out of bounds. Um, when his peer across the sideline, Cameron Ward, did the complete opposite. So that's what I'm talking about, trying to do too much, waiting too long, and just competing too hard. Um, you know, I brought up the Washington State defense. I, I don't know if, if well, I'll, I'll just say that again. Caleb has to perform against this Utah defense on the road. And if he can put it all together, he, he's got the running game to rely on. Um, three points is, uh, in my opinion, this is going to be easy money. 
Well, uh, speaking of that particular line, if you wanted to bet this game or any others, you should go check out Bet Online, your number one source for football betting info this season. They've got that line, uh, Utah minus three or three and a half, kind of fluctuating. We'll see what it is come game time. Might find its way into the Pac-12 Prime Picks on tomorrow's show, but you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball. Go Mariners. I am praying to the heavens that game two is better than game one. MMA boxing, my personal favorite golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yeah, I'm hoping for a better game three so we can. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, but, you know, it's it's a nice thing for me to be able to talk with you, Mark, as a Dodgers fan uh, and discuss the future games that both of our teams will play in the playoffs, respectively. It's a nice feeling. However, a win against the Astros would be nice. But back to the gridiron here. And the question I've got for Utah's defense is how that front four is going to be able to get pressure because I'm not going to say they they have a, a bad unit or they're weak there or anything like that. But when you think of the Utah teams of the last few years, they've had really strong front sevens. They've been tough to run the football on and they're physical up front. Maybe not the most explosive athletes all the time, but they're going to be able to push guys around in in and around the line of scrimmage to to get some pressure. They've had some problems with that from time to time. They didn't have a ton of pressure on DTR, and UCLA's offensive line is, is pretty good. I don't think it's necessarily top two or three in the Pac-12. It might be fourth, to to be perfectly fair. But that's the biggest question I've got. Because when I think back to that Oregon State game and, and how the Beavers' defense caused Caleb Williams and the offense to not perform at their best, one reason Williams wasn't completing a lot of throws, Mark, was he was under pressure. And for the most part, when USC has created a lot of those chunk plays like against Stanford and and Fresno State and Rice in, in the season opener. Caleb Williams has had a lot of time to throw, but I think that's one of the critical elements of this game is if Utah is going to slow down USC at all with their defense, I'll get to how their offense can do it in, in just a moment, they have to be able to, at least from time to time, maybe not sack Caleb Williams, but force him off his spots. Don't let him get to his third progression all the time. Because if you do that, Lincoln Riley's route concepts and play designs are just going to slice and dice you. Yeah. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention was, you know, with, with Caleb, it seems like when his receivers aren't catching the balls that they should, uh, he had a lot of drops last week, which led to his completion percentage being so low. I, I think that affects his mechanics a little bit. Uh, to your point. So, um, yeah, as long as, I don't know, they, they he, when he's under pressure, he is, he's able to escape. He, he's shown that. I mean, I, I don't know how many times he's been sacked. Uh, it hasn't been many. Um, he just needs to finish the play. He, he has the ability to throw it downfield, but he also has the ability to run. Um, when you bring pressure on Caleb, you better have somebody spying him to clean up the mess because he's going to expose you. He did it last week against a very quick Washington State defense. 
Oregon State had a little bit of success against them. Uh, Arizona State had some success against them, you know, the week before uh, the Cougars came to town. So, yeah, you can. Sun Devils, you mean? I said Arizona State. I'm sorry. Yeah, but then you said the Cougars and I, I don't know. I get, yeah, I get the idea. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. Anyways, he has shown that uh, the offensive is, the op- USC's offensive line has shown um, that they are susceptible to pass protection. Um, some of that has to do with injury. But again, with Caleb, you, you mentioned you move him off the spot, his mechanics break down a little bit. He's been sacked 11 times this year. So through six games, that's not quite twice a game. That That's not bad. I'm sure USC would like to have that be better. As you mentioned, the offensive line a little dinged up. He also, again, some of it, if you look back to the context of it, he holds on the ball very long. I've been kind of addressing that running out of bounds. But if you look back throughout the previous six games, uh, not all of it's on him. But uh, there's times where he just holds the ball too long. And even today after practice, he's mentioned that he has to get better. So a um, little bit of acknowledgement on his part. Yeah, and, and that's that's something that can happen in a given week, right? Sometimes you go out and it just clicks. You make the adjustment. And sometimes you, you need a couple weeks to solve the, those sorts of problems. But I'm still confident in, in the Utes here, Mark. And I, I think I am going to be putting them in the Pac-12 prime picks. I'm going to do my due diligence to, to be sure, but minus three, three and a half at home. I, I would certainly like it a little more if it were three, if it came under three, which I do not foresee happening because the game is in Salt Lake City, then I, I'd certainly take it. But the reason I'm confident in Utah here is USC's defense has made a lot of strides this year under Alex Grinch, and he deserves, he deserves credit for that. And the things they do well, they get after the quarterback, and they create turnovers, mm-hmm. specifically interceptions. They've been the best in the country at doing those, those two things. I don't know why I had these two. I think that's like a German thing, one, two, three. Anyway, those two things, they've been really, really good. Mm-hmm. But on a yards per carry average, they're only giving up 150 rushing yards a game. But that's often because teams, I think, are behind. And if Utah comes out, I won't be surprised, Mark, if Utah wins the toss if they take the ball first and they want to make Caleb Williams sit on the sideline. That's the biggest reason I have confidence in Utah is their ability to run the football. USC has struggled in that department this year. And I think the best way to slow down an offense like USC's is to make Caleb Williams play spectator. Sure. They, you know, teams have tried that this year. Um, when, when they won the toss, they've taken the ball. It So far, USC, uh, they're 6-0. and it, it hasn't mattered, and that's the bottom line. Um, whether or not Utah takes the ball and keeps Caleb you know, on the sideline for the first possession, to your point, USC creates takeaways, and it's not necessarily always be an interception where they have 12 on the year or you know, creating a fumble. They're getting off the field to, you know, when teams turn it over on downs, and that's when they get that extra possession back. So um, I think USC's defense, especially in the second half, they're keeping teams to, you know, either seven points or no points. So far in the second half, they've outscored their opponent in the third quarter. Well, going into the last game was 55 to seven. Last week, they shut out Washington State in the second half. And USC scored 13 points on top of their 17. It was a 30 to 14 final score. 
So do the math. 68 to 7, uh, USC has been outscoring their opponents. Which is a very good number, to to be sure. But when I when I say that I'm confident in Utah's ability to run the football, what do you think USC needs to do to take that away? Because if you told me right now Utah runs the ball for 110 yards as a team at two and a half yards a carry, then yeah, I'll take USC to win the game. So how do you think the Trojans can accomplish that defensively? Well, they've been doing it. You're going to get big. Alex Grinch's defense gives up chunk plays for whatever reason. If it's you know uh, a bad read, poor execution, but because they they create so much pressure and they get into the backfield and they have so many tackle for losses. They're doing. You have a Tuli Tuiapolotu who comes up and makes a big play on third down. Um, when you when you can stop Cameron Rising from running the ball, you've you've pretty much stopped Utah's offense. So that's going to be the key. Um, keep his runs to. You're going to have to limit his runs. He was able to get a little bit last week against UCLA, but he he really wasn't an effective runner, so to speak. He had a couple of touchdowns. The interesting thing with Cam Rising, Mark, when you watch him run, he's very effective and everyone knows he can do it. Have you ever watched him run the football, whether on a scramble or design quarterback keeper or read option and thought, yeah, I really think he's going to outrun that guy to the sideline. And then all of a sudden he just does. And you look and you go, how did he how did he how did he get there? But I, I'm with you that it's 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 an important facet to to Utah's running game because when you introduce that, then you have more lanes for Tavion Thomas, who's a really well rounded back. But I I am curious to see how they how they handle Cam Rising's legs. Yeah, you know, the, the key with Cam Rising, he's deceptively fast. He's got really good feet. And you can't let him get that Heisman stiff arm into you. That's, you know, that's where he becomes a really good runner. He, he becomes, turns himself from a quarterback into a running back with that. Um, but you, you got Eric Gentry who might have enough length to, uh, you know, to balance that out. Um, Shane Lee is a, you know, he's great against the run. And USC safeties. Um, they've been really good uh, tackling the ball this year. It uh, doesn't matter if it's Max Williams, Kalen Bullock, um, or Jalen Smith. They, the, Alex Grinch's defense, I, it, it's hard to describe because you look at him and go, man, they just gave up a big play on the ground. But then you look and they didn't give up any points or they you know, maybe started a field goal. They're just a big play defense. So, yeah, you know, Tavion might break off a run for 10, 15 yards two or three times, but if that's all he gets, you know, he's running 18 to 20 yard, you know, 20 attempts per game, and he's netting a total of 90 yards, mission accomplished for USC's defense. Yeah, I'm with you in a game that the betting markets expect to be close, and we all, I, I think, expect to, to be close. Execution in the red zone, right? If Utah goes down and settles for field goals on three of five trips, that that's not going to help your case. But conversely, the same is true with USC. If you go down there and you just keep stalling out, it may feel all right early in the game because you're just down seven three. But then you look and you know you have what what happened to Utah a week ago. UCLA scored first. Utah goes down 
they manage just a field goal. UCLA goes down, scores again, and boom, suddenly you're 14-3. You're playing in a hole. And that's not where Utah is at their best. They want to be able to play a little bit of ball control, to establish Tavion Thomas and Cam Rising in, in, in the running game. So I think that early lead helps both teams. I think it helps Utah's offense to have an early lead, and I think it helps USC's defense to have an early lead. Because if you force the other team into passing situations, that's where we've seen USC's defense is at their best, right? They have those big plays, whether it be interception or sacks, there's a boom or bust component, but they've done a lot of really good things when, when they're in front. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, go I, ahead. I was just, I don't know if Utah has enough on the outside, you know, speed wise, skill wise uh, to, to, to scare USC's defense. You know, you've got to be concerned about Tavion Thomas, Cam rising and Dalton Kincaid outside right. of that. Um, there's not a whole lot there. So they, they have to be perfect. That's why they're, they're so disciplined. They don't, you know, how many penalties do they have on the year? Not a lot, but um, they, they just play very disciplined. They, they count on the other team to make mistakes. Let's, uh, let, let's get right to the part before we talk briefly about uh, some other games going on in the Pac-12 this Saturday with Mark Culkin of Locked On USC Trojans. Game prediction here, the, uh, the point in the show where people can go back and go, oh, see, you said this, you were wrong, you got no idea what you're talking about, totally clueless and whatnot. I'm, I'm sticking with Utah to win and cover here. I'm going to go 34-27. The Utes get it done. Yeah, for some reason, everybody probably thinks this is going to be a, a close game. And the guys who set the, set the lines are usually correct. Uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb here to call it a gut feeling. Um, Caleb Williams has heard the, the chatter that he's, you know, he's not the best quarterback in the conference right now. Uh, DTR is stealing all of his uh, thunder, so to speak. Um, this will be a chance to come out on the road and national TV and, and kind of put it together. USC's offense has not had four quarters yet. They're, they've been a decent They've been a well, except, yeah, except for may, may, maybe Rice, Rice but doesn't count. Okay? Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't count. Right, that doesn't count. So you take even you you take that outlier out there. They've been a defensive team, and they're going to continue to ride that. Eventually, you think Lincoln Riley's offense is going to get in a rhythm. They've had this game circled. They know that they get past Utah. The schedule sets up really, really nicely for a. Uh, yep. For those final two games because they don't they don't have Oregon they don't have Washington they've already played Washington and Oregon State like the only tough remaining team on their regular season schedule is UCLA and what a game that that figures to be uh down the road but a uh, real quick mark score prediction for for Saturday night in Salt Lake City I got USC 40 Utah 23 40-23. Mark likes the Trojans big on the road this week. I can't wait for that game. Even though it's mildly disappointing, Utah's got two losses and they shouldn't, right? They deserve to lose to UCLA, but they were the better team than Florida. They just didn't execute in a couple moments. It would be nice, but still, I, I'm really excited for this game as we have been for, for record many months. Spencer? They're 3-3. Three and three. I think they've they've been so stumbling Florida, a little. They should have beat Florida, a 500 Florida team. 
yeah, a 500 SEC team to be fair, but yeah, they were they were the better team that day. They did not execute right, in the spots right. in the spots when when they needed to. We could probably do 15 minutes on that, but uh, a couple other quick notes going around and, and on tomorrow's show. I'll be talking a lot about Oregon State and Washington State, which is the other really good game. Gosh, that could be a really good football game. Hope Chance Nolan's going to play. We're still kind of waiting word on that. But those are the only two of the five games featuring Pac-12 teams this week, Mark, that are single-digit lines. They're both around three, three and a half. But I wonder your thoughts on the other three, just kind of pinballing around all of them real quick. Cal minus 14 and a half at Colorado, which is just emblematic of the way the season's going for the buffs that Cal's coming into your place is more than a two touchdown favorite six week in a row. By the way, the buffs are a two touchdown or more underdog. You've got Stanford who's given up 17 well Notre Dame rather has given up 17 to the Cardinal. That game is in South Bend. And then you've got Arizona, a two touchdown underdog right now going at Washington. I feel confident in all three of those favorites because I'm not going to get fooled by Colorado again, even even to cover. I might put Cal in the Pac-12 prime picks tomorrow for for all I know. Their offense did something against Arizona at least. Like I I, I don't know. We'll just we'll get to we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I don't feel good about Stanford either. I think Washington is going to have the bounce back this week. I thought they would have last week. Now that they're back at home, do you see any of those games coming out? with the underdog as an outright winner winning the game yeah no 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 <laughs> the way stanford got their manhood snipped off from them last week against oregon state yeah that had to feel bad yeah that, that hurt and that, that kind of pain lingers um it doesn't go away with an ice pack um there i will be surprised if they're able to hang even with a mediocre notre dame team so yeah um Colorado no not no not only will all three of those teams cover it I don't even know why we're talking about to be honest with you <laughs> well we're, we're, we're given <laughs> yeah, everybody right <laughs> right it, it's interesting to watch as as those lines get set and I think the most likely one where you'd see an upset would be Arizona at Washington but I and I don't even feel like that is a, a big possibility because that game is in Seattle and Washington so far has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in Seattle versus away from it. But much like Utah, I think the Huskies now with two losses, they feel like they shouldn't have like maybe one, but certainly not two are going back and are looking for a little bit of a, Hey, we're still here. We're still a good team. I think they come out and I just, I don't know how Arizona's defense after giving up, what was it, 49 to Oregon on Saturday at home, I don't know how they're going to get a stop of any sorts on on the road against against the Huskies. I, I think Washington might give up some points to Arizona, but 14, I'm thinking about that one, the prime picks too. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I mean, Washington at, at Husky Stadium is just a, they're a different animal. Um Obviously, they were they were overrated. They got a big boost with that win over Michigan State, and Michigan State has turned out to be a big turd. So, um, yeah, I, I guess if you want to take, that would probably be the game. Yeah, that probably that probably be the one. But I think <laughs> I think I'm with you, Mark. I think I like all three of those favorites to cover. I, I I've been talking about Washington all week. 
I don't know if I can pick Colorado again. I've already picked them to cover twice this year, and they've let me down. And then Stanford, I mean, they're already not a very good football team, and now they're going to go on the road after giving away a game at home to a Notre Dame team that is also out to prove something. Like, Notre Dame is sitting at 3-2 and two right now. They could get to 9-3 and three by the end of the year and feel okay about themselves, win a bowl game, and get to 10. Like, that's they, they have more to play for in that game than Stanford does where the Cardinal are just trying to find anything and everything. So I think we're, we're in, we're in agreement there, but disagreement on the big game of the week. Cannot wait to see how it plays out. Mark Culkin, host of locked on USC Trojans, check him out on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's great to talk to you as always. And one of us can come on and uh, just, just rub it in the other's face just a little bit next week. We will certainly wait and see, but in the meantime, it's good to talk to you as always. Yeah, I'll, I always wear my big boy pants. <laughs> and we and I, I do as well. When I'm wrong, I come on here and say, yep, that's a whiff. One of us is going to be wrong. We'll just, just have to wait and see who that is. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.